The history of Andalus. The first lecture, inshallah, will be on the rise of Andalus, and the second one will be about the, about the fall of Andalus. It is a, a, a thing of, of great pity that Muslimin have forgotten the history of Spain. The history of Spain is two thirds of the Muslim history. 805 years of Muslim civilization, 805 years of teaching the world the knowledge that it, that, that it now uses to attack us. 805 years to, to advance every single branch of science. Subhanallah, nowadays we find in the Western world uh, leading us in certain fields. Wallahi, the Muslimin in their time, they used to lead Europe in every single branch of science that you can think of. Until even the kings and queens of Europe used to vie with one another to learn Arabic. Until they used to open their dinners and, and give thanks to their God in Arabic. And they used to open their, their, their dinners with khutbat al-hajjah. With khutbat al-hajjah, this is the glory of, 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 of Islam that had, had reached the hearts of the people and how the tables have turned. In, in Spain, the stories of great heroes, and we find in, in, in Spain the story of great cowards. We find in Spain the story of great kings, and we find in Spain the story of great beggars. We find in Spain the history of great and righteous and pious people, and we find in Spain the stories of those people who were overtaken by the fitna of women, how we find, subhanAllah, the pious and we find the not so pious. And so in Spain we find a complete history, a complete book, for all of us to go through. And it is a pity that today we Muslimin don't read history. We don't learn from the past. Because brothers and sisters in Islam, I'm sure you agree, when you read about history, it is as if you are looking into the future. Why was there a need to open up Andalus? Well, once when the Muslims were attacking parts of, of the Roman Empire in Sham, uh, Mu'adh al Jabal was asked by the Roman uh, uh, leader at that time, the, the Roman general, the same question. Why? Have you come to attack us? Why don't you just go and attack Ethiopia, which is easier upon you? Why don't you go and attack Ethiopia? Why do you come and attack us? We are the Romans. We are one of the strongest nations on this earth. And Mu'adh al Jabal, the faqir of this ummah, said, So because you are neighboring to us, so we start with you. And this is the same reason why the Muslims started off with Andalus. Because at that time, the Muslims had reached all the way up until Maghrib. So they had taken all of North Africa, which was Egypt, and then uh, Algeria, and Tunisia. And, uh, and Morocco. And so they had pushed all the way up until the end of Morocco, until the edge of the, of the ocean, until it has even been reported that Musa the Nusayr, <coughs> who was the leader uh, at that time from the Tabi'een, he even went up to the, to the Atlantic Ocean with his horse halfway, you know, uh, uh, until his horse was almost submerged. And he said, Wallahi, if, if it was not for this ocean and, uh, and my horse drowning, I would have taken Islam to the ends of this earth. Musa the Nusayr, his father was Nusayr. His father and Sirin were two uh, children who were growing up in the monasteries of, of the Christians when Khalid bin Walid opened up Hira, learning the Torah and learning the Old and New Testaments. So Khalid bin Walid, he, he told them to accept Islam and they accepted Islam. So from Nusayr came Muhammad, the son, Muhammad bin Nusayr. And from Sirin came also Muhammad, Muhammad bin Sirin, as everyone knows about Muhammad bin Sirin, who was one of the Tabi'een at that time. So Muhammad bin Sirin, 
he went to Kufa and he stayed there his life. Whereas Musa bin Nusayr, he raised up, he was raised up with Walid, who was the Khalifa, who was the son of the Khalifa at that time. So when the, when the Khalifa died, Walid became the Khalifa of that of the Muslimin at that time. Of, obviously, that was the Umayyad Empire or uh, Empire at that time. He became the Khalifa, and Walid made his best friend. Musa, his general. And so Musa was sent to North Africa in order to quell the Berbers that were, that were there at that time. Musa took seven years to conquer North Africa. Whereas, of course, before that, North Africa had already been, been conquered. However, the people were always rebellious. And so Musa ibn Nusayr, he would take up land slowly, slowly. And as soon as he had taken up a city or a land, he would bring scholars, the Tabi'een, and put them there. So the people would learn about religion and then love the, love the religion until the people themselves would be the army that would go on and fight the next lands. And in this way he conquered North Africa in seven years. And so the Berbers who were known to be ferocious fighters at that time became from the enemies of Islam to the helpers of Islam. The Berbers were not as people think and they became the great army which will, which will soon conquer Andalus. So Musa started to think. If he, if he goes south and that is Sahara Desert, and there is no benefit in that because they're not after land. They want to teach the people about Islam. And so Musa ibn Nusayr, he decided to go up. And of course up is only, is only Andalus at that, at that time. And what was the state of Andalus before the Muslimin took it over? And wallahi in every single one of these uh, things that we take is a lesson for us. The state of Andalus was that the Romans became very weak in Rome because obviously they were being attacked by the Muslims and they had internal problems, internal struggles and Romans became weak wherever they had, they had their forces and so the Romans in Europe <coughs> were losing their grip upon Spain. At that time uh, a tribe by the name of Vandals they came in from the north and they took over Spain and Andalus at that time. So this is where the word uh, uh, Andalus comes from basically from the word Vandalus and because they called their land Vandalusia. And you see, they were true to the word. You see, the word Vandals comes from, them, comes from this tribe as well. What does Vandal mean in, in English? Yeah, he damages, he pillages, he's a, he's a wretched uh, a human being. And, he, and this is how this tribe were. Until at that time, a Christian army came from the north by the uh, leadership of, uh, of Roderick. And these were the Visigoth, uh, Visigoth uh, uh, Christians that took over uh, Vandalus. And so they were the army and they were the dominant power at the time when the Muslims attacked. And so Musa ibn Nusayr decided to think, how am I going to pass the Straits of Gibraltar? And then he thought, obviously, the way he's going to cross it is by building ships. However, it was a difficult task. It was a very, very difficult task because the land at that time was very, very rocky and was not possible to find good places to harbor. But because Musa ibn Nusayr was such a righteous man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps his slaves, how did Allah help him? Well, in the year uh, 91 after Hijrah, Julian who was the leader of Septa, and Septa was, a, was the harbor city which is the closest thing to Spain at, the, at that time, okay, the harbor city which is on the top of Africa at that time. Julian obviously was Christian, he sent his daughter to, uh, to Roderick who was the king of Spain at that time in order to, 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 to study with him, in order to study with the monks over, over, at that time. However, because she was a very pretty woman, Roderick, he couldn't keep her, keep her hands off her and he raped her. So Julian got very angry and he knew that Roderick had to be taught a lesson. But he couldn't do it himself because all he, all he had was a small city. So he sent an emissary to Musa bin Nusayr and said, Oh Musa, I will give you the ships because obviously he was a harboring city. So he had all the ships that the Muslims needed. I will give you all the ships and I will give you some armor, everything that he needed. And only thing I want was some lands when Andalus was conquered. 
And Musa ibn Nusayr, he fell down prostrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the victory he was asking for. Because the Muslim armies could not attack scepter because of, of its location. And see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just gave it to him as a gift. And all this man wanted was some lands. And the Muslims were easy, ha happy to give him lands. It was not lands that they wanted. It was to spread Islam. That is what they wanted. And so, in the year 91, Walid, who was the Khalifa of the Muslims at that time, he told Musa bin Nusayr to not attack in one go, however, to send an, 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 an envoy uh, off to Spain to, to just check out, to see how the territory of Spain is. And so, an envoy went, and they, and, it, and they checked out Spain and came back and informed Musa bin Nusayr what was the territory and how the terrains were. With that, Musa bin Nusayr, he formed the army of the Muslimin. And this army consisted of the general by the name of Tariq bin Ziyad. The great hero of Islam by the name of Tariq bin Ziyad. Tariq bin Ziyad was blonde. He was white. He had blue eyes. Imagine this. And he was a Berber and, and he made his army from the Berbers and he got on the ships and he went off to Spain. Over there he took over some of the cities. When he took over these cities, these cities sent an emissary, a messenger to King Roderick who was living in the middle of Spain. And he sent um, an, an emissary to King Roderick and said, oh, oh great king, we are being attacked by a people from the sky. And the king would not understand. So explain yourself, man, what do you mean? And they said, Wallahi, at night they, they, they pray like priests. And in the morning they fight like lions. So they can't be human. They are people from the sky. And Wallahi, this is how the Muslims were. 7,000 in number. So they gathered on the plains uh, 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 in order to fight against the, the forces that King Roderick had amassed. Tariq bin Ziyad heard that King Roderick had amassed a huge army, a huge army. He didn't know how much, so he just uh, sent, an, sent a messenger back to Musa bin Usaid in Maghrib and said, Oh Musa, we need some help. So Musa sent 5,000 uh, soldiers, and that's all he could have at that time. So the number of Muslim army was at that time how much? 12,000. And with that, Tariq bin Ziyad approached the battlefield. King Roderick he was very, very haughty and proud. He was a, a man who, who thought that victory was, was a guaranteed. So he came with his great throne that was studded in jewels. This is how King Roderick came. And he, as the historians also narrate, that he bought a lot of, lot of donkeys with him. And when he asked, why did you bring all the donkeys? He said, because when we conquer the Muslims, I'm going to take the, uh, uh, tie the slaves to my donkeys and make them roam across my, my, my territories to show them how we are so great and how we have defeated the Muslims and how petty they are. So Tariq bin Ziyad, it has been reported in certain books that when he saw 90,000 or 100,000 Christians in front of him, what did he do? He told his people to burn the ships. Why? So that people know that there is no way out. There is either victory or death. The Muslim historians don't report this event. It is only the Orientalists who report this event. So we don't know truly whether it, is, whether it is a true event or not. And there are some doubts about its authenticity. Whatever the reason, Tariq bin Ziyad didn't turn back. And the Muslims never turned back. And they pressed on. And they were at the battlefield about to start one of the greatest wars that was ever to be recorded in history. And so the battle started. Six days it lasted. And on the sixth day, the Muslims won. Roderick died. And from the Muslims, only a few in number died. And Muslimin had the whole of Andalus open to them. Because now the king had fallen. There was nothing left on their way. And so city after city, Tariq bin Ziyad pressed on until he took over all of Spain. And later on, he pushed on into parts of Europe as well. 
In this way, Muslims had taken over all of the city. And the people, what was more interesting was that the people did not rebel. The people who were there that, in those cities, the Christians and the Jews, did not rebel. Because they found the Muslims more trustworthy. They found the Muslims true to their word. Whereas these Christian kings were not true to their word. They would always break their treaties. They would actually prefer the Muslims to be their leader rather than the non-Muslims. And now I read to you certain things which the uh, historians of, of, the, of the disbelievers have written. We have Stanley Lane Poole, which is, uh, 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 which is the author of the book, The Moors in Spain. He writes in his introduction, For nearly eight centuries under the, under the Mohammedan rule, Spain set all Europe a shining example of a civilized and enlightened state. Her fertile provinces, rendered doubly prolific by the industrious engineering skill of the conquerors, and it bore fruit uh, a hundredfold. Cities innumerable sprang up in the rich valleys in the Guadavir and the Guandiana, whose names and names only commemorate the vanished glories of the past. To Cordoba belong all the beauty, Cordoba basically, and that's Cordoba. To Cordoba belong all the beauty and ornaments that delight the eye or dazzle the sight. Her long line of sultans form her crown of glory. Her necklace is strung from the pearls which her poets have gathered from the ocean of language. Her dress is the banners of, of learning, well knit together by her men of science and the masters of every art and industry are the hem of her garments. Art, literature and science prospered as they then prospered nowhere else in Europe. Mathematics, astronomy, botany, history, philosophy and jurisprudence were to be mastered in Spain and Spain alone. Whatever makes a kingdom great and prosperous, whatever tends to refinement and civilization was found in Muslim Spain. And we find S.P. Scott in the history of the Moorish Empire in Europe, he writes, Yet there were knowledge and learning everywhere except in Catholic Europe. At a time when even kings could not write or read, a Moorish king, a Moorish basically the Muslim king, a Moorish king had a private library of 600,000 books. At a time when 99% of the Christian people were wholly illiterate, the Moorish city of Cordoba had 800 public schools. And there was not a village within the limits of the empire where the blessings of education could not be enjoyed by the children of the most indigent peasant. And it was difficult to encounter even a Moorish peasant who could not read or write. Thompson in his Muslims in Andalusia, he writes, Europe was darkened at sunset. Cordova shone with public lamps. Europe was dirty, whereas Cordova built a thousand baths. Cordova changed its undergarments daily. People and in Europe lay in the mud. Cordova's streets were paved. Europe's palaces had smoke holes in the ceiling. Cordova's Arabics were exquisite. Europe's nobility could not sign its name. Cordova's children went to school. Europe's monks could not read the baptismal service. And the greatness of Spain. And it had left everyone behind. And Cordova's teachers created a library of Alexandrian dimensions. Glimpses at the greatness of Spain. Wallahi subhanAllah, wallahi if you were to go to Alhamra, and these are the palaces of Spain, and you were to go to the, to, to the vast gardens that they, that they still try to preserve, you are amazed at the beauty of their creation. You are amazed at how their architecture was so great. You are amazed at how in every single branch of science they had pioneering books which even to now they are, they are preserved as, as evidences of, of, uh, of human achievement. SubhanAllah. Allah knows best. However, when Spain was taken from us, it was truly a loss to humanity. When Spain was taken and the Muslims were, were, were thrown out of Spain, truly it was not just a loss to Islam, but it was a loss to humanity. And Muslims 
and, 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 and humanity itself lost one of its greatest assets and these were the Muslims and this is what the world has lost has lost by the downfall of Muslims they have lost a lot of honor they have lost knowledge they have lost uh, 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 greatness in every single field they have lost masters in every single field they have lost a lot of respect as we will take inshallah in the next lesson you will see how the world has truly fallen apart after the coming of of uh, of the Christians into Spain, how wallahi, when the Christians when the Christians threw out Muslims in large numbers and they pillaged Muslims, how when they actually did that and they actually banished millions of Muslims away from Spain, wallahi, victory was not for anyone except for the Muslims and defeat was for no one except except for the Christians, because truly when the Muslims left Spain, Spain ceased to be the leader of the world.